Hello, Mike Lombardo here. I wanted to take a moment and invite you to Awaken Dallas. My wife and I planted a church in the central northern Dallas area at the beginning of this year. We launched out on Resurrection Sunday. I wanted to invite you. We meet Sundays at 4 p.m., and our vision is to know Jesus deeply and to live for him passionately. First, we must know him, and that will empower great exploits. Our mission is to ignite a movement of spirit-filled disciples, disciples that students of the King, that we would burn with first love passion and that we'd be equipped to spread the gospel to the world around us in love and power. Our four pillars are the presence of God. Number one, that is everything to us. We prioritize his presence. We love him. We want to know him. We want to carry him to the world around us. It's his presence that distinguishes us from the nations of the world. Number two, that we would be equipped, that we need to be equipped for the work of service, for our callings. This is very important. The foundation of the word of God, the spiritual fathers and mothers to be able to be sharpened by the word, healed by the word of God. So we need to be equipped for our callings. Number three, we are a church on mission together. We all have a sphere to influence. We all have a calling and a people group to influence for the gospel, to be a light, a city set on a hill. And as a church, we are fulfilling the great commission. And number four, we are a spiritual family. We all need a community. We all need to spur one another on towards good works and to meet together, to not neglect that, to have a spiritual community and family. And so if you want to come join us, it's Sundays at 4 p.m. We'd love to have you. You could also go to www.awakendallas.com, which will be in the description section. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have an episode streaming every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. And so I'm excited to dive into a series that actually I've been unpacking at Awaken Dallas at our church that gathers on Sundays. Um, at 4 p.m. And so I'm going to be breaking down a series. This is going to be more of a condensed version of what I've been ministering and teaching um, at Awaken Dallas. And so before we hop in, I am going to just share with you real quick. If you go to our website, awakendallas.com, you can click on the tab that says Awaken Equipping Courses. And I'm going to put a link down here below so you can click on it, go right to the Awaken, uh, the Awaken Equipping Courses page. But through Awaken Dallas, we are going to start equipping courses. They're going to be four weeks, six weeks, sometimes eight weeks, depending on the topic. And so, um, and it's not just Awaken Dallas. If you are in New Zealand, you could take part. If you're around the world, it's going to be via Zoom. So um, the first um, course that we're going to be doing is called Inner Healing and Identity in Christ. And so it's a six week long course and um, five weeks are going to be on Zoom. And one week is going to be in person if you are in the DFW area. So we could meet together. There'll be some some food because it'll be around 6.15 in the evening after our 4 p.m. service time. And so it'll be around 6.15. There'll be some food and then we could dive in together in person, hands-on, impartation, application, all of that. But five lessons are going to be on Zoom. And 
so anyone around the world could take part, not just those in the DFW area that are a part of Awakened Dallas. And so I'm going to be teaching, my wife's going to be teaching as well, a spiritual mother of mine, Sharon Hobbs, she's going to be teaching and she's incredible. She's a missionary, a prophet. She's been <laughs> teaching inner healing and identity for years, um, as well as Dr. Mark Sharona, Bishop Mark Sharona is a spiritual father to my wife and I. Um, he's our covering. He's a blessing. He's been in the, he's been a minister, a minister in the body of Christ for for man, I think 50 plus years. He's, he pastors a church out in Florida. Um, and uh, Dr. Brian Simmons, the author of the Passion Translation, is also going to be teaching the last session. And so I'm excited about that. Just click in the description section below um, if that's you, what, what you'd be interested in. It's free as well. And so it doesn't cost anything. And so, all right, now we're going to be starting a series um, that I've entitled The Glorious Church. Um, I've been in the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit's been highlighting to me the book of Acts. And um, there's something so beautiful, so many nuggets, so many revelations here for us to mine, for us to, for us to explore. And it's just the devotion and the lifestyle of the first church and the results that came with it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a roadmap for us as believers here. And so I'm just going to highlight three things. And as we read the book of Acts, there's three things that you need to keep in mind. Number one, you need to see the book of Acts as the beginning of the first church. It's the history of the beginning of the first church, and it also displays and records the acts of the first disciples and apostles, how the church grew. And so, yes, this is a history book in the sense where it shows you exactly how the first church began, the works that took place, the struggles that they endured, the persecution that they endured, and the miracles that took place through the first church, how the church grew and expanded around the world. Um, and so that's one. Number two, you need to see the book of Acts as the continuation of the ministry of Jesus. Yes, Jesus ascended into heaven in Acts chapter one, but he baptized us with the Holy Spirit. That was the birthday of the church. That was the beginning of the church. He said, don't do anything. Don't say anything until you receive the promise of the father, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is fully God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all equal in glory, all deserving of the same amount of honor, praise, worship, adoration. Holy Spirit is God, and He is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And so um, everything in the book of Acts, the boldness, the endurance, the miracles, the healings, how the church grew, how there was favor on everybody— that was all by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see the continuation of the ministry of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit through his church, through his people. This is very important because we serve a very real and alive Jesus who is at the right hand of the Father right now in heavenly places. He's not dead. He's not in the grave like Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad. He is alive. He is well. He is our resurrected king, fully God, fully man, glorified at the right hand of the Father. And by the power of his spirit, miracles are still taking place today. And um, we get to see that in the book of Acts. So that's number two. Number three, you also see an invitation for us to join the party, for us to get joined up in the story. All right. And so this isn't just, hey, this is what happened back then. This is, hey, there's an invitation here because the church is growing. The church is still expanding to this day. We are in the last days and and the last days are essentially the timing between, you know, from when the baptism of the Holy Spirit took place on Pentecost all the way up until the great and terrible day of the Lord when Jesus comes back, a second coming. We are in that time frame of the last days where we 
are to be ministers of this gospel. And so the book of Acts doesn't even have a conclusive end. And I believe it's very prophetic. This is the word of God. So the Lord was very intentional with this. But Acts 28 pretty much just ends with Paul just ministering the word as people came to him in his own loft. And and it doesn't really have a conclusive end, okay? And I believe that was on purpose because the book of Acts is continuing to this day. I'm not saying that we are adding to the word of God. No, Acts 28, that's when the word of God ends on the subject. But when it comes to the church continuing to expand, the kingdom of darkness continuing to be destroyed up until the coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming, that is still taking place to to this day. So this book is supposed to call out to us. This book is is crying out for us to put to get suited up and to get into the game, all right? And so I just wanted to lay that as a foundation here as we get into the book of Acts. But this is how the church began. Jesus explained the gospel. He explained the kingdom for 40 days. He ascended into heaven, told them to wait to tarry, and the Holy Spirit came and baptized believers. And that's when they were anointed with boldness and signs and wonders to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. All right, so that is the beginning of this church. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Spirit, which was the promise of the Father. So you have Father, Son, and Spirit right there. Glorious Trinity, mystery of mysteries that we will forever explore and never uh, get tired of, of understanding these amazing gospel revelations. So that being said, now, I just want to, before I continue, I just want to unpack some revelation from Pentecost. I'm going to read... Um, Acts 1, 4, 5, and 8. So I'm going to hop around a little bit there. And then I'm going to read Acts 2, 1 through 4. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. That's how we're going to begin. And so, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria, as far as the remote parts of the earth. And then Acts chapter two, one through four, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves and a tongue rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak. I just want to share some revelation here about Pentecost, okay? And so take some notes or just drink it in. But um, Pentecost mirrors the book of Exodus when Moses ascended the mountain. He heard from God, received the law, came down and brought the law written on tablets of stone to the Israelites. And so the, the day of Pentecost happened on the same day that this happened hundreds of years prior, hundreds of years prior when Moses gave the law. So it's the same day. It's a celebration in a sense. Pentecost you know, points back to that time. All right. And so in the same way, Moses as a represent as a representative of God, as a picture of Jesus, went up the hill to meet with God and then came down with the law. In the same way that happened, Jesus Christ in Acts chapter one ascended to God all the way up the mountain into the heavenly realms. He ascended to God and he sent the Holy Spirit to baptize the church of Jesus Christ. And when that happened, the law did not come with tablets of stone, but when the Holy Spirit is imparted to us and we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, now the law of God is written on the tablets of our hearts. 
just woven into our emotions. Now we have a desire to fulfill the law and now the Holy Spirit gives us a power to fulfill the law. And so that is powerful. That, that, is a, that is a prophetic type right here and shadow. And so there's a lot of that in scripture, but we need to have ears to hear and we need to have eyes to see. And so not only that, but when Moses went up the mountain and came down with the law, they were down there, they had a golden calf, they were committing idolatry and 3,000 people died that day. The law kills, but on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit baptized believers, 3,000 were added to the church of Jesus Christ. 3,000 died when the law was given. 3,000 lived and were resurrected to life. They died with Christ and were resurrected to life on the day of Pentecost. Man, that is powerful right there. That is powerful. Now, oftentimes when we read the scriptures, We just think that, you know, Jesus came to redeem us from Adam's transgression, what transpired in the Garden of Eden, right? You know, through Adam, sin came into the world and through sin, death. And we see that in Romans, we see it all over the scriptures. But there are several corresponding moments in the book of Genesis and throughout the Bible where more defilement came into the earth, more sin and bondage came into the earth. You have the whole Nephilim thing where they came and they and they slept with the women. And then from there, there was such a crazy defilement that took place in the earth that said that man's um, thoughts were, con- were continuously evil. And God even regretted making man because of how evil um, our thoughts and our actions were in that time. But then you also have the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was when the pride of man was so lifted up that we thought we could make a tower all in unison. Everyone banded together in unison to build a tower to say, I will make myself like the Most High. We will climb our way up to the Most High God. That is the spirit of the Antichrist. That is Satan himself. Because it says in Isaiah that Satan wanted to lift himself up to God, say, I will be like God. I will be lifted on high. And so when God saw that, he confused their languages. And that's how we have all the different languages of the world. He said that if these people band together, anything will be possible for them. And so he confused their languages. And that's how we have different languages in Asia and Africa and America and all over the world. Um, All the different cultures and nations have different tongues. And so that was a corruption that took place. That was a point where evil reached a very high tipping point in creation. And so On Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, what happened? They all spoke in differing tongues, but the countries, the nations that were coming into Jerusalem for the feast for for Pentecost at that time, they all heard the disciples speaking in their native tongue. And so what happened was the spirit came and brought unity again where there was, where there was, where there was confusion, where there was, where there was a separation and a a confusion of languages and a division there. The Holy Spirit brought unity and he, he anointed them to speak in different tongues and for people to understand those tongues. And so that was a redemption or a reconciliation. That was, that was a redeeming point for the tower of Babel. And so that is also some revelation that you want to just think about, pray into more because it's powerful. He doesn't leave any loose ends. Jesus came and the Holy Spirit and the Father, everything that is in the Bible is is very um, intentional and purposeful. They came to redeem every area of man's failure and brokenness. And so let's go and let's talk about the Holy Spirit. 
because we're talking about Pentecost. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God on the earth. When you encounter God and experience his presence, you're feeling the Holy Spirit and he's revealing the Father and the Son to you. You've never had an encounter with God without the Holy Spirit intimately involved. The Father is in heaven. God the Father is in heaven. God the Son is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is the tangibility of God, the presence of God in the earth. Powerful. And so the Holy Spirit is not an it, not an ethereal force like the force be with you. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's not a force like some kind of ghost. We say Holy Ghost, but he's not a ghost, okay? And so you can't encounter God. You can't become born again. You can't seek God, hunger for God, repent of your sin, get revelation from scripture, operate in the gifts of the spirit, be healed, delivered, or anything like that without the very tangible operation of the Holy Spirit, the intimate involvement of the Holy Spirit. So what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? It says in Romans 14, 17, that we possess the kingdom of righteousness, joy, and peace through the Holy Spirit. It says in John 4, 24, that we worship God, our Father, in spirit and truth. We can't even worship God without the Holy Spirit. If you go into John 16, 13, it says that he is the spirit of truth. He exposes lies and he leads us into all truth. And is the truth that sets us free. It says in John 14, 26, that he's our helper and he's our teacher. He's our advocate, our intercessor, our go-between. It says in Acts 1, 8, that the Holy Spirit gives us power to become witnesses of the gospel. In Acts 4, 31, it says he gives us boldness to declare God's word. In Ephesians 3, 16, it says he strengthens our inner man. In Romans 8, 14, it says he leads us. In Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so if we're operating in any of those, it's because of the Holy Spirit. It says in Isaiah 11 that the Spirit of the Lord brings wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, might, and the fear of the Lord into our lives. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, our fellowship with God is through the Holy Spirit. You can't have fellowship with God or relationship with God without the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 4, 6, he reveals our sonship. Our, the, Spirit of, uh, the Spirit of the Lord inside of us cries out, Abba, Father. And I can keep on going. The Holy Spirit gives us access to the mind of God. 1 Corinthians 2. Romans 8, 11, He gives life to our mortal bodies. He brings us freedom. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. He convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. John 16, 8. Um, Ephesians 4, 3. He brings uh, the bond of unity among believers. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. He transforms us into the image of God. Ezekiel 36, 27. He empowers us to walk in holiness. 1 Timothy 4, 1. He warns us and gives us discernment. And now this is, uh, this is really important. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of other scriptures about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. I just chose a portion of them. But the Bible also says the Holy Spirit can be sinned against, Matthew 12, 21. He can be grieved, Ephesians 4, 30. He could be quenched, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. He could be resisted, Acts 7, 51. And he could be lied to, Acts 5, 3, because he's a person. And so we could yield to him or we could resist him, okay? We could be truthful before him or we could be... We could lie before him. We could be false before him in our motives and intentions. I'll just give an, an example or an instance of a time I believe 
well, you know, uh, before I do that, you ever felt like the Holy Spirit, like you quenched the Spirit? And kind of what that looks like is, you know, you ever felt like God gave you a word and he wanted you to share it and you kind of felt your heart beating and you felt just like a prompting, a deep prompting on the inside of you to share an encouragement, to share a word with somebody. But you decided in that moment, I'm going to hold back maybe because of fear, intimidation, whatever. But then you just walked away and you felt like a, like something in your gut just was like, it just didn't feel right, didn't feel good, like Almost something died on the inside, all right? The Holy Spirit didn't die on the inside. It's not like that. But you almost feel like, what just happened on the inside? I feel like something happened. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was quenched. He wanted to move through you. He wanted to bring a word of encouragement through you, but we quenched the Spirit. And listen, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And we could just repent, say sorry, Lord, speak through me again. Give me more opportunities, Father. And he will because he's faithful and he's merciful and he does not take our sins into account. But at the same time, he is holy and I want to partner with him. I want him to see me as a trustworthy vessel so that when he shares something to me, he knows it's going to not just come to me, but it's going to go through me to other people around me, right? And let me just give you an example of the Holy Spirit being resisted. I remember I was doing street ministry several years ago. We're in the street of Dallas and it was me and like two or three hundred individuals. And we spoke to this homeless guy on the street and he said he grew up in church. He knew God. He was able to quote some scriptures, all of that, but there was darkness on him. He was in bondage. And I was with some young believers that were very zealous and they just wanted to share the gospel with them. So it went from like one person to another person, everyone sharing testimonies in the gospel to this guy. But I could tell he grew up in church. He was churched. I can tell that, you know, he knew what they were saying. He wasn't interested. He was like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. It was going in one ear and out the other. Um, and so I felt like this holy indignation on the inside. And um, this doesn't happen often, but it says in Jude, have mercy on some, but some snatched from the flames. And so I just looked at him and I felt the prompting of the spirit of God. And I just said, man, listen, it's light or it's darkness. It's God or it's the devil. It's heaven or it's hell. Like you got to make a choice. You can't ride the line anymore. You can't be content with just knowing a few scriptures, but living in the darkness. And when I said that, the Holy Spirit hit him. The guy closed his, he closed his eyes and he, he's the spirit of God came over him and he couldn't talk. He just got still. It was like, he got drunk in the spirit. He just got still. He got seized by God and we couldn't snap him out of it. We tried to talk to him. We couldn't snap him out of it. We just kept praying and we waited there. And, um, and then finally he kind of shook his head, was opening and closing his eyes. He came to, and I was like, what happened? And he said, I just felt like a blanket or like a wave come over me. And I couldn't speak. There was a peace that came over me. Um, and he was just like, I, I, yeah, peace. I couldn't move, couldn't speak. I was just captivated by peace. And I was like, okay, man, well, what's your choice? Are you going to follow God? Or are you going to keep going your own way? And he looked at me and he said, I'm not ready yet. I'm just not ready yet. And then he walked away, still staggering, kind of drunken, like he just under the influence of the spirit still. And who knows, maybe he left and maybe he repented. Maybe he didn't want to do it in front of us. Maybe he went back to where he was sleeping on the street somewhere and he, and he came to a realization and conclusion. That's my prayer. That's my desire. I hope to go to heaven and see him there. That's my desire. But in that moment, if he was being true and if he was being honest with what he said to us, then he resisted the Holy Spirit in that moment. Will the Holy Spirit keep reaching out to him? Absolutely, until the day his spirit leaves his body, until the day that he sees the Lord face to face. Yes, the Lord will continue to pursue him. Why? Because he desires that none should perish. The Lord desires that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. And he is a consistent pursuer and he'll never stop. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit was resisted because he pursued him, he moved on his heart, and he still said no. 
We don't even have the power to say yes to God. The Holy Spirit gives us power to say yes to God, and we have to turn our will in that direction, but we can harden our hearts towards God. Yeah, our human will can do that. We can harden our hearts towards God. And so that's what happened. That's what happened. And so I just want to end this podcast with this charge. If you were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the with the praying um, in, in tongues, I encourage you in this hour to do that because I saw a vision um, before I preached this message at Awaken Dallas. I saw a vision of God giving us a gift and us putting that gift on the shelf. We said, thank you, God. What a great gift. We put it on the shelf. I'll take it when I need it. But the thing is, you need it every single day, okay? If he gave you the gift of tongues, the Bible says a lot about tongues. It says you edify yourself. When you don't know what to pray, the pray the, the Spirit prays through you. You're interceding and petitioning for the saints. You speak mysteries to God. You build your faith. And the Apostle Paul spoke in tongues more than anyone, it says in Scripture. And so I encourage you, go to God in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you afresh. Ask him for the gift of tongues if you never spoke in tongues. And if you have spoken in tongues before, reactivate it. Say, Lord, I repent for not using this gift that you've given me. I want to take it off the shelf and I want to use it in my daily life because it's important. It's a tool and a weapon that you've given me to edify myself, to pray perfect prayers, to speak mysteries, to pray directly to you. That gives me power. And so just welcome the Holy Spirit's ministry in your daily life. Recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit, that the church would not be the church without the Holy Spirit. We don't want to resist him. We don't want to grieve him. We don't want to quench him. We don't want to put him in the back corner, okay? And so, Lord, I just thank you for filling every single person right now with your Holy Spirit afresh. Your word says, do not be drunk with wine, but to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So fill them in Jesus' mighty name with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I pray that you would just bless them, Almighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless you. I'll speak to you next week on Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people. Go to awakendallas.com to find out more about our ministry. Sign up for the Awaken Equipping course with myself, my wife, Sharon Hobbs, Dr. Mark Sharona, and Dr. Brian Simmons. It's going to be a beneficial time to learn about soul health, inner healing, and identity in Christ. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to 
be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you